Thank you for joining us. God created our physical bodies in his own image, perfectly formed and adaptable to life on earth. Then came sin, and though we didn't deserve it, our loving God created spiritual bodies redeemable by the shed blood of his only begotten son and available to us when we freely submit to his will. At the point of conversion, we become members of the family of God. In other words, we embody the anatomy of the Lord's church. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander leads us on this edifying spiritual journey. It's preaching time. As we prepare to preach, let us pray. Father, thank you for the preached word and help me now to preach. We pray against satanic distractions. I can't do this without you, Father. Forgive our sins. Uh, Anoint me now. Empower me. Uh, Speak through me to your people from your word. And uh, help people to follow in the pages of Scripture and not allow their minds to wander off. Help them to annotate notes and be serious about receiving the word in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Uh, We're going to continue what we left off uh, dealing with uh, the matter of prayer, which is so essential in the times in which we live. Uh, Call your attention to the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 31. Acts, chapter 4, verse 31 is the same text, but we will launch into other areas as we proceed. The scripture says in Acts 4.31, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Again, I want to preach from the subject, the power of a praying church. The power of a praying church. What are the purposes of the church? What are the purposes of the church? Number one, the purpose of the church, according to Acts 2.42, is to pray. The purpose of the church is to pray. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Jesus himself said in Matthew 21, 13, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Beloved, the church as well as individual believers are spiritually negligent if we fail to give priority to prayer. An absence of prayer leaves believers spiritually weak An absence of prayer leaves believers spiritually anemic. Let me just size it up by saying it this way. Little prayer, little power. Okay? Much prayer, much power. No prayer, no spiritual power. What is prayer? Prayer is to talk and commune with God with reverence and humility. It is to talk and commune with God with reverence and humility. God requires that we pray and seek his face. Believers ought to pray about everything, being confident that God hears and answers prayers. The early church prayed with power. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, And when they had prayed, nothing like a praying church. We have less problems when we are praying. There will be less division when we are praying. There'll be less distractions in the Lord's work when we are praying. The place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. God, the third person of the Godhead, 
who indwells believers. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. In this verse, the early church gave priority to prayer. When they assembled together, prayer was integrated in the life of the church. They did not worship God with an absence of prayer. Prayer was a key component in the worship experience of the Lord's church, and so must it be today. The church's prayers were so powerful by that early Jerusalem church that not only were they filled with the Holy Spirit, but God shook the whole house because of their prayers. Their prayers moved God. What makes prayer so powerful is that it defeats Satan's devilish agenda against believers. Satan has a diabolical, devilish agenda. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you, and he wants to destroy not only you, everything around you, your reputation, your character, your, your possessions, your character, everything. Beloved, how effective is your prayer life? And are you giving attention to prayer? What are the various kinds of prayers? What are the various kinds of prayers? Now, a number of weeks ago, I started off giving a few of those, but, but I did not complete it. So what I'm going to do, I'm not going to go in depth with those I've already uh, mentioned, but I will give you uh, snippets of definitions just to remind you of what we said a number of weeks ago. What are the various kinds of prayer? Well, you have prayers of adoration. You have prayers of adoration. Some people don't know the various kinds of prayer, so I need to be able to uh, heighten our sensitivity to the kinds of prayer so that you can expand your prayer life. Uh, prayers of adoration. These are prayers that magnify Christ. These are prayers that greatly esteem God. These are prayers that extol God. These are prayers that glorify God. These are prayers that praise the name of Jehovah God. These are prayers that worship God. Your prayers ought to worship God. And you worship God in your prayers when your heart is not selfish and when you don't pray with ill motives and when you don't pray with a bad spirit. You can't worship God with the wrong spirit. And Psalms 145 verses 1 through 10, I'll not read for the sake of time. I read it the last time, but you need to read these passages in your quiet time. This is a great prayer of, of adoration to God in Psalms 145 verses 1 through 10. Another type of prayer is prayers of thanksgiving and blessings. Prayers of thanksgiving and blessing. These are prayers that give thanks to God. Thanks for what? We give thanks for, for God's creation. I was looking at that beautiful moon. I said, God, thank you for the moon. Look at the sun. Thank you for the sun. They all serve a purpose a gift from God to man. Uh, we, we thank God for his salvation, his redemption. Uh, we thank God for his spiritual blessings. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We thank God for his provisions. A lot to thank God for. We thank God for his divine protection, even in the midst of viruses and pandemics. When is the last time you thank God for his divine protection? And we thank God for his presence, his presence, the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, knowing that God is in us, knowing that God is with us. 
And a great psalm of thanksgiving and blessing is found in Psalms 107, verses 1 through 2, and verses 6 through 9 is a great, and there are many others, but for the sake of time, I just can't go through them all. So I'll just give you one as an illustration, and there you can look through the scriptures and find many for yourself. This is a wonderful prayer of thanksgiving and blessing as found in uh, Psalms 107, verses 1 through 2, and verses 6 through 9. Then you have prayers of intercession. Prayers of intercession. These are prayers to God on behalf of others. Prayers to God on behalf of others. Uh, you intercede for members in the church that are going through challenges. You're interceding for your family, your husband, your children, your grandchildren. You're interceding for your, your co-workers. You're interceding for uh, the president of the United States, the Supreme Court, the Congress, the Senate, the governors, the lieutenant governors, the mayors, the city councils, the school boards, and all, just on and on, interceding in prayer for our children, for, for, for the school system that's about to start. Are we going to open? Are we going to close? What are we going to do? And all these kinds of things. Intercessory prayer is so critical in the life of believers. In John chapter 17, verses 6 through 15, that's a great passage. John 17, you say, you say, Pastor, you say that on all the passages. I can't help it. It's just a great passage. You say, why do you say it? Because we, in this John 17, 6 through 15, we have the greatest example in Scripture of intercessory prayer prayed by our Lord for his children. He's praying for us, even before he departs and go to the cross, he prays to the Father uh, on our behalf. To me, that's the greatest. There are others, but this is the greatest. The Lord's church is built on a firm foundation, and he said it would be. As imperfect as we are on this side of heaven, God will use us if we are willing to maintain the standards he has set before us. No matter what we face in this life, nothing can separate us from the love of God. When we stand on and live by the anatomy of the Lord's church, God will never leave us or forsake us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. And then you have, now I'll slow down, then you have prayers, we've not covered this, uh, prayers of confession of sins. Prayers of confession of sin. There are times you ought to pray just confessing your sin. You know, we're so busy asking God for something that we don't pray acknowledging our own sins. Uh, These are prayers that acknowledge our sins to God, admit our sins to God. These are sins, these are prayers of confession of sins is to agree with God about our sins, about one's sins about my sins. I agree, God, that I lied. I agree, God, that I have malice in my heart. Lord, I agree with you that I have bitterness in my heart. Lord, I agree with you. Help me to get rid of a bad spirit, a a critical spirit, uh, a fault-finding spirit, a judgmental spirit. Lord, that's me all over, and I want to confront the issue of myself. Father, forgive me for wanting more power or having to be in charge, being too full of myself, being too selfish. These are things, and name, call it out for what it is, whatever it is. You can tell God about yourself and things about yourself that you won't dare tell others because you don't know what they're going to do with that information. But, but, but God doesn't spill your secrets. When you come clean before him, 
Come clean before God. Keep short accounts before the Lord. Uh, one of the greatest prayers of confession is found in Psalms 51. When David had sinned against God, when he committed adultery with another man's wife and, and then had uh, her husband put on the front lines and he had, had him murdered to cover his own sins. He did a, atrocious evil. And yet here he humbled himself. God dealt with him. Because God chastens those he loves. You may get by, you won't get, you won't get away. God will deal with us if we don't come clean before God. And there are consequences to our sins. Psalm 51, 1 through 4, and verses 7 through 10 is a tremendous passage on the confession of our sins. Allow me to read it. I hope you're reading it with me. Have mercy on me. When you last time you said told the Lord to have mercy on you? Oh God. You're talking to God. Have mercy to me, O God, according to your unfailing love. You know his love toward us never fails. I'm so glad that God loves us with an unfailing love. What if God told you or me, you know, I don't love you anymore? Ooh, we don't even think about that because we know we love, he loves us with an unconditional love. But what if God, just think about that. That's a, man, that's a disastrous thought for God to say, you know what? I don't care what you do from, from henceforth. I don't love you anymore. Oh, my goodness. We're in big time trouble. But we don't have a God like that. He loves us with a what kind of love? Unfailing love. Say it again. When the last time you said, God, thank you for loving me with an unfailing love, a, a love that never fails. You love me at my best and you love me at my, my worst. You love, you love me according to your great compassion. Oh, he has compassion toward us. And look what it says, blot out my transgressions. This is what David said, Lord, I've sinned, blot it out. Well, you don't even remember it anymore. Lord, I, take it away. Black. In other words, he was saying, I won't do this anymore. I know I won't do this anymore. I learned my lesson. I took my whooping. Now blot it out, Lord. Verse 2, wash away all my iniquities. You don't want just a portion of your sins washed away. You want them all washed away. Wash away all my iniquities. Synonymously, iniquity is sin. And cleanse me from my sin. See? Iniquity is sin. Sin. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. When I pray, I'm always dealing with the sins in my life. My sins in my life. Verse 4, against you. That's what you ultimately sin against. You don't just sin against your brother, sin against another uh, person. But ultimately, you sin against God, against you. You only have our sin and done what is evil in your sight. God sees our sins, and our sin is ultimately against God. You say, well, I sinned against Joe. I sinned against Mary. I sinned against my brother, my sister. I sinned against my enemy. But ultimately, you sinned against God, against God. And David went straight to God. And owned up to his sin. He said, in your sight. In other words, God sees everything we do, the best of us and the worst of us. He sees what we do in the dark and in the light, in a hotel when nobody's around. He sees what you're watching when everybody's asleep. You know, he sees what you're seeing on computers that you should not be seeing on a computer screen. He sees what you're texting that you shouldn't be texting, the emails you shouldn't be sending, messy and gossipy. He sees that uh, he sees and he hears. He says, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. 
So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Oh, my friends. <laughs> That's so exciting. I got some good news. You should hear him say it. When God judges, he's never wrong. <laughs> he's never wrong. God has never made a wrong judgment. Some of these judgments get, some of these judges from the Supreme Court on down, they get tampered with. Somebody got their ear and they got friendships and, oh, they got things going on up there. They, they, they know how to finagle things. You know, you, we don't know the stuff that happens underneath. They can be twisted, you know. They got some people who, 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 who have their ear, you know. Uh, 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 but, but God never makes a wrong, a wrong verdict. It's always precise, always right, always right. He's a just God. And that's why there has to be a judgment day. With all these unsolved murders and things, there are a lot of things that will never be found out. And God's going to right the wrong when he comes back. Verse 7 says, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Now, when you're whiter than snow, you know you clean you clean. Let my ear, let me hear joy and gladness. You know what sin does? It takes away your joy and it takes away your gladness. And that's why you can, many can come to church and not worship. Come to church and not say amen. Come to church and worship in the house of God, not even smile. I mean, we know you can't shake hands right now, but you can't even give an elbow bump. Come on, God, give a fist bump. Do something with yourself to let you know, you know, I'm just glad to be here. How many of you just glad to be here? You know, you could be on life support right now. You could be in a nursing home right now. You, You could be having Alzheimer's right now. There's so many things we could be having right now. You ought to thank God in spite of the virus. It is well as it, with your soul, it is well anyhow. Yeah. Sin takes away your joy. You can't say amen. You can't wave a hand. You can't shed a tear. You can't stand and worship and lift your hands unto the Lord. Gladness. Sin strips you of your gladness. Sin. Bitterness. The poisonness of bitterness and an unforgiving spirit holding stuff against people. Just holding it. You, I mean, you know you've been holding it. And just, you, you, just, you, you, you can't let it go because you feel it's just the right thing to do to your own detriment. He said, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. I mean, he was chasing all the way down to his bones, to his bones, to his innermost being. David was crushed. He said, let let the bones you have crushed, Lord, in my discipline, in my chastening, let it rejoice. Verse 9. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. Not some, all. Young folk, you're so blessed to hear this word today. If you want to be a, you you young folk who are in college, who are in elementary school, high school, wherever you are, if you start, if you apply this verse, you'll save yourself a whole lot of trouble in life. That's right. That's right. You walk in the path of righteousness and you'll gain some victories along the way. So hide your face, blot out all my iniquities. You're not too young to pray like this. Then verse 10, create in me a clean heart. It, it goes back to the heart. It goes back to the heart. 
a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. I, I can pick up a bad spirit just like that. And I can pick up a sweet spirit just like that. The, my, my, the Holy Spirit in me uh, is, is, is it, it just, it, he, he just uh, helps me to just pick it up when that spirit's not right. Sometimes I can't put my hand on it, but it's something that's not right about that person. And some people scared to hang around me because they don't want to be uh, found out, you know? So they keep far away. They're scared to shake my hand. Now, you can't shake my hand right now. You might kill me, but, but later on when we can shake hands, you know? So, but, but you, you, you got to have a right. If your, if your spirit is not right, don't come up here. Don't mess me up. I got to preach. I have too much leadership to do. I have too many sermons to preach. I preached six sermons in one week this week. Six. And I can't have nobody with bad spirits around me. Your spirit, you know you bad, your spirit bad? Stay, go, stay away from me. You know, go back, go, go on, get in your car and go home. You know, don't come up here. Don't defile me because I, I got too much responsibility on me. Won't y'all say amen? <laughs> and that's the way it is. You know, tell, tell personally, you know, your, your spirit needs to be adjusted. Then you got prayers of supplication, prayers of supplication and petition. Wow. This is to earnestly make a specific request of God. This is to earnestly make a specific request of God, prayers of supplication and petition. Uh, I'm going to go to a strange scripture, one that you probably haven't even read lately, to look at specific requests. Specific requests. I want you to turn your Bibles. You go, it's exciting to go to the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament is just as inspired as the New Testament. Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. If you can get there fast, I know it might take you a while. Genesis chapter 24, verses 12 through 16, verse 21, verses 26 and 27. Now, you need to read the whole 24th chapter, but for sake of time, the chapter's so long, I can't read every verse. You know, time won't permit, but you read the whole 24th chapter and you'll get real excited about it. But let, allow me to read Genesis 24, 12 through 16, verse 21 and verses 26 and 27. And let's look at the specific request of uh, Abraham's servant. Verse 12, then he prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham. This is Abraham's servant praying. He was challenged with going to seek out a wife for Isaac. So he says, then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, look at the specific, here's one, underline this, make me successful today. That's a specific prayer request. Make me successful today. That's specific. Here's another one, linked by conjunction and, show kindness to my master Abraham. That's another specific request. Look at this. This is exciting. Verse 13. See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a, a young woman, please let down your jaw that I, may, that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant, Isaac. Now, you can't get that. You can't get any specific than that. Wow. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. He's a faithful servant 
unto Abraham. Verse 15, before he had finished praying, look how quick God moved. Now, God don't always move this quick. Sometimes he tests us. Sometimes he makes us wait. But, but then sometimes he gives us a quick answer. And on this occasion, uh, Abraham's servant got a quick answer. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jaw on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. Verse 16, the woman was very beautiful. Ooh, I tell you, that's why it pays to pray. You know, God didn't, God didn't, get, God didn't give Isaac an ugly wife. He got him a beautiful. She was very beautiful. Look here. Man, when you pray, God give a virgin. No man had slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jaw, and came up again. Verse 21, without saying a word. You know, sometimes you can't, you can't see God answer prayer. You talk too much. You got to get quiet to see how God is working. Without saying a word. Now, that's hard for, that's too, that's hard for some of y'all. You can't go anytime without saying a word. You always got to get a word in. You know, without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. He kept quiet before the Lord. Verse 26, then the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord. Verse 27 saying, praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. What an account. Look, about this passage, when God answered the specific prayer requests of Abraham's servant, Abraham's servant gave thanks and worshiped the God of Abraham. Let us commit ourselves foremost to all aspects of the anatomy of the Lord's church. As we grow step by step in the word of God, steadfastly apply his commandments to our lives and obediently walk by faith and not by sight until the day of his appearing we will experience the blessings of God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.